Mason. This is the Happy Raccoon Podcast, and today we have our good friend Mervin. How do you pronounce your last name? Stolzfus. Stolzfus. Correct. That's not at all how I would have tried to pronounce it. No, the F-U-S in the, in the last three letters is kind uh-huh. of throws everybody off. Yeah. Um, in fact, there is, in my lineage, some family members that end up changing it to a double O instead of a U. Interesting. So it's actually easier to pronounce, or yeah. you know, that's when you read it. Yeah. What is? What do you know the origin of that? Last it's name? German. German. Okay. Yeah. 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 I guess that that makes sense. But yeah, I that's a crazy last name. Becca was trying to tell me how to pronounce it, and I was like, I don't think that's correct. <laughs> and, Most people don't. Yeah. Okay. You must get that a lot. Very cool. Well, I, I've been really looking forward to to having you on. I've known of you for a little while. We I met you probably two years ago or so. Um, I've been looking forward to having you on here because of the big elephant in the room is that you were formerly Amish, correct? That's correct, yeah. Okay, so um, I'm a huge fan of reality TV of any kind. In mm-hmm. fact, um, my current reality TV guilty pleasure is uh, 1,000 Pound Sisters. Have you ever oh, ever heard of that? I've heard of it, never watched it at all. Oh my gosh, it is incredible. (laughs) Um, but I've always been a huge sucker for reality TV, even like reality documentaries, like uh, tiger King. I don't know if you're familiar with tiger King. Um, but I've always just been fascinated with, um, just the immense amount of culture within our own country, um, different types of people ranging from, um, you know, thousand pound sisters to tiger King, uh, to shows like breaking Amish and, and, uh, not that that is, <laughs> is in its own category, but, right. um, yeah, so I'm obviously super excited to have you here. Um, one of my very first impressions of you actually was, uh, the 4th of July last year, maybe the year before that, okay. uh, you were there and you brought some like hand pies they're called fried pies. Yes. Fried pies. It was yeah. one of the most delicious things I ever had. Is that like an Amish thing? It is. Yes. Okay. Because I think. Um, so for someone on the, on the outside looking in the very big stereotypes of Amish people are that they make very handcrafted things. That's correct. Um, and they have some very delicious handcrafted food that you've never really heard of. I think the most popular one that comes to my mind is that they hand churn butter, but I don't know how real that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure in some communities they would still, but yeah. Yeah. We're, we're breaking down some stereotypes because, uh, again, it's, um, it's kind of a trip to me to think about uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. being Amish. So, uh, again, I'm just happy you're here. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, I've got all sorts of questions for you, and I'm really just going to rattle them off, but I just want to hear uh, your story, basically. Um, so I guess the first first question is, is uh, when did you break Amish? Or is, that, is that the right term, by the well, way? Well, not really. I mean, sort of, I guess, if it depends how you would look at it. Uh-huh. Um, so I never really physically broke away or necessarily I was actually 11 years old okay. when my parents left. <clears throat> Interesting. So it was never really a decision of my personal own mm-hmm. to leave the Amish. Um that would have been my parents. So okay. that, as a child I just went along. But if you're talking about breaking from the Amish or growing up or like for us we just more like we leave the Amish. It's mm-hmm. like leaving a group of people. Yeah. I mean, some people call it breaking away, so it's it's really kind of a preference. Yeah, I think um, it it's probably just comes from my reality TV, you know. Sure, uh, I know what they say on reality TV. So the TV show, I think, is called Breaking Amish. Right, and, right. Uh, I think if you ever watched season one, have you ever seen it, the show? I watched a couple episodes. I never really okay. got into it. Yeah. Um, but so, do you know why you're, you're... Have you had these conversations with your parents? Do you know oh, absolutely. Why you broke Amish? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was no question about it. Um, 
see, my parents would have found Jesus probably five or seven years before we left. Okay. And um, they got converted and saved. So they were watching and they realized that this is not the place they want their kids to continue to grow mm-hmm. into and stay there. They want to do take their kids someplace where they can actually preach the gospel and follow what they felt was scripture at that time. So so that was their desire and that's why they choose to up and leave like they did. Gotcha. So, so that brings me to the question then that I've wondered, like what, um, what is the, I guess what is being Amish is is the the is being Amish is it just a lifestyle choice is it like a religion is it it almost because to me it almost looks like uh, like some in a way kind of like a cult um, in that they kind of just you know they uh, stay away from from society and that they want to just continue to live in in old time ways it's it's very bizarre to me and strange but what I guess what is being Amish is it sort of religious thing so or it's actually probably about all three of those. Okay. So it's a religion to okay. start with. And then midst of that religion, they're in guns in a certain culture. And yeah, a, you, I don't. they don't fit the cult stereotype, mm-hmm. but you could call them a cult if you really wanted to because okay. they are pretty controlling. Yeah. Um, that's how they keep the people. As far as their lifestyle, it is a lifestyle choice, but a lot of that is trickled down from traditions. Because they feel very strongly in staying with tradition. Mm-hmm. And they feel that's like, I don't know, maybe a sense of security, so to speak. Yeah. So a lot of the things you see them do, their dress, the way they live, is basically a straight trickle down from traditional traditions mm-hmm. they've done. And that a lot of things, even a lot of their practices are straight traditional, yeah. which they've done for hundreds of years. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty sure what I mean, it's really engulfed around religion and when it comes mm-hmm. down to it. What What is, like, their core beliefs? So their core beliefs would be a mixture from Catholicism to Christianity, kind of like okay. a mix between that. Okay. Um, literally, they do come from the Catholics mm-hmm. a couple hundred years ago over in Germany is where they came from. Um, so they, they do have some beliefs that would be very close to Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty much where it comes down to is, so like in their church services, they will preach the gospel mm-hmm. to a certain extent. So like if you're listening, pretty much every Sunday you will hear about heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. You will hear about being good. You would hear about Jesus Christ. You would hear about, um, especially Easter about him dying on the mm-hmm. cross and rising again. But where it really comes down, where they really track off is when he, it's like, so you're, They'll be preaching about Jesus and how he died and how he was born and died and came down. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, they'll take a hard right turn just before they come down to say that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you need to confess your sins and become, mm-hmm. you know, accept Jesus. They will go off and say, all right, you need to be good, you know, by the rules of the church. Okay. Um, very legalistic standpoint. Very, very much so. Yeah. And so that's where they really veer off. Just before it comes to the true salvation part, yeah. you know, be a good Amish person, adhere to the rules of the church, and then we have a good hope that you will make it to heaven. Okay. So do, they, do they have their own sort of variation of the Bible, or do they teach straight out of the Bible They as well? straight, straight out of the Bible, but they do have certain, I say, chapters and verses they will stick to, just like pretty much any, yeah. you know, kind of like the Catholics. Yeah. But now the Catholics have their... Uh, do the Catholics have some of their own books? I think I, I'm sure they do. Yeah, 
Very interesting. Cause yeah, I think, uh, so what's surprising me is that's actually still even very common outside of, um, the Amish community. I mean, there's still churches that teach a very legalistic version of Christianity. Right. Um, so it seems almost like, uh, they've sort of just conformed to a certain lifestyle that they prefer that it seems to align with staying away from, from sin. I know, um, I don't know this person personally, but I know a guy who knows a guy, um, who almost seems uh, like he would fit in really well and that he, um, you know, he took a verse in that, like, if your eyes cause you to sin, you know, gouge them out. And he quite literally gouged his own eyes out, um, to keep himself from, from sinning from what he was looking at. Um, so it almost just seems like maybe the Amish are conforming to a certain lifestyle to prevent themselves from, it's just fascinating to me entirely. No, that's very true. That's a very true statement. They are, and that is one of the things they will, they do have certain Bible verses they will quote to believe or to state that this is why we believe this way. Yeah. Even though the, that verse may be taken completely out of context, mm-hmm. they say this is what this says, so this is why we're not doing that. Yeah. So, but yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Um, so, are, are you able to, are you still in contact with any of your family that is still Amish? Do you know anyone that's still Amish? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have real, we have good contact with all my relatives. Yeah, they never, um, I mean, it, they've come visit us some, but we more go to them and see them, and they're always very welcome to see us. Um, but yeah, we wow, good relationship with them. That's good. So again, the reality TV makes it look like when you when you leave, you're out, and, and there's like a big shunning thing. Is that, how much legitimacy is there to that? Well, there's a lot of legitimacy to that. And actually, very, very serious. Now, some of that varies from where you came from, because... Mm-hmm. Even in the Amish church and the Amish communities, they're very different from different areas. Yeah. So, like, I come from the Lancaster County area, and there they're a lot more modern, more progressive, and some of the rules aren't as strict as other areas. Um, Ohio is, they're completely different. Hmm. I shouldn't say they're completely different, but they'd be a little more legalistic than Lancaster would really? be. Then you have a bunch of offshoots you know, smaller communities that can be very strict. and um, hmm. So as far as my family, we never experienced shunning near like you would read about or hmm. see on Reddit TV. Now, like, we do have some family members that would do more than others. Mm-hmm. But, for instance, like, if we go to a wedding, some of, the, some of our family members will invite us to our weddings, others won't. Hmm. But if we do go, there's always, at lunchtime, there's a separate table for us to eat at. Interesting. So, like, we wouldn't eat with the... I mean, us kids that were never part of the church were, would be allowed to eat with everybody else. But, like, my parents who were members gotcha. and got excommunicated, they're not allowed to wild. S- sit at the same table. Wow. Now, some of that does flow into with family members, and they would probably do the same thing at their house. Hmm. But majority of us, mom, they don't care if it's in their house. It's just, like... If it's in public view or interesting, so yeah, it, to... it's interesting you say public view because that seems like a big, um, a big part of the reality TV look at at the Amish, you know, community and people is that they seem to care a lot about how they're perceived by one another in their communities. That seem you mentioned that they don't they want to be out of public's view, like sitting at the table with with your parents as okay in their own home, but when it's in public view, it seems like something that's a little bit more. You know, are they just worried about the, the, the leaders within the community? Right, or? because if someone sees them or the wrong person sees them, they could report them to the leader and say, hey, this person's 
was eating at the same table with an excommunicated person, gotcha. and that could get them in trouble with the church. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So they're yeah. That's where they become careful of what they do in public view yeah. because, like, even though they don't agree with the shunning aspect of it, mm-hmm. they don't want to get themselves in trouble, so they will. Yeah. Watch what they do if someone may be watching them. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Do you do you remember? So twelve or eleven years old, I think you said. Yes. So that's very similar to um, to the age when I moved back to the United States from being a missionary kid in Papua New Guinea. So oh, okay. So I, I um, I'm kind of thinking a lot of of my experiences from transitioning from one culture to to another right um do you recall um for instance like your your first like mcdonald's cheeseburger was that did you have you did you have mcdonald's when you were still a, a child in the amish community or do you recall that afterwards what were the biggest things i guess um since since your parents broke amish that, that you remember getting to experience for the first time i really don't know if there was anything major that i can recall i mean talking about mcdonald's i don't remember necessarily going to mcdonald's beforehand Hmm. But it wasn't something that we did much afterwards either. Hmm. A lot. I'm, sh- yeah, I don't know. I don't recall. I mean, yeah. if probably it, one of my earliest memories out, you know, doing certain things like that is probably when I was five years old, one of my dad's friends took my dad and I and our hired hand at the time to the Delaware Bay to see the horseshoe crabs. Hmm. Um, and I remember stopping at a convenience store, and my dad bought me Swiss rolls. Hmm. And to this day, I love Swiss rolls, and yeah. I'll, I'll remember that. So, you know, doing things outside in the community like that, like going to McDonald's or restaurants, I don't recall much of that happening in mm-hmm. my short period of being Amish. It may have happened. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, we grew, we're on a farm there, so it's not like we have much time to right. go out and do things like that. So yeah, but afterwards, I don't really call that. I recall that was anything that happened, like it was a big thing. And as far as things that we did couldn't do that we could do afterwards. I mean, we had a vehicle, so that helped. Yeah, that was different. But other than that, I mean, I really don't. Do you recall being in like the the horse carriage thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time um, I saw one of those. I actually got in trouble with my grandmother-in-law over this. So, so here's the whole the whole story is that ever since I was a kid, I've always wanted an American Peckin duck, okay. uh, the big white ducks with yeah. the yellow bills. The Aflac duck is is its more commonly known. Right. I've always wanted one, and I found. Uh, Craigslist post that someone was selling ducks and included um, American pecking ducks. So I drove, I thought it was a lot closer, closer than it was. <laughs> I drove way out into the boonies and into the rolling hills of farming deep into Pennsylvania. I couldn't tell you where I went, honestly. I could have gone to Mars. I could have gone to Wisconsin. I could have gone to <laughs> anywhere. But all I knew is I was probably somewhere in Pennsylvania. And I pull up to uh, this house and it's on this big property and and I my breath was taken away um, because a very skinny uh, scrawny man came out and then following him was his wife who had who had sprouted an entire beard and she came out and then I had a cardboard box that I had some like hay in and I had a little bit of water in there 
and this woman just started shoveling ducks into the back of my 2013 Dodge Dart. <laughs> and she started shoveling these ducks, and these ducks are quack, 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 and they're pooping everywhere over the back of my car. And I was just, like, dumbfounded. I think I paid them, like, like 30 bucks for three, three, uh, three American pecking ducks. I was just, like... I just love experiencing things like that. I often Ooh. find myself asking myself, how in the world did I end up here? You know, grew up in New Guinea, lived in California for a long time, and now I'm here, uh, you know, purchasing some ducks from people that I, I guess I just presumed to be Amish. I don't really know um, how you identify someone that's Amish or, or what, you know, someone sure. might be a variation of that. But as I was leaving, I got stuck on, on a one-way road. <laughs> It felt like an eternity behind a horse carriage, and uh, and it looked like an entire sort of family was back there, and I just couldn't believe it. And I guess the way I, the reason I got in trouble is that I finally got to a, a place where I could take a lap around, and I thought it was just fascinating to to see that. I never seen anything like it, so I I took a video of of them as I drove by, and I thought it was just fascinating. And I posted on Facebook like, "Wow, like look what I saw at all my California friends." Apparently, it's frowned upon to take pictures or videos of Amish people. And so my grandmother-in-law sort of gave me a, a, a sly comment on my Facebook post saying that's very disrespectful to do. Is that, is that disrespectful? Well, I uh, guess it depends who you would speak to. Um, they, do, they do not believe in having their own pictures taken. Okay. So if you just take a video, photo out and about, I don't really think anybody thinks that's offensive okay um i suppose a lot of people think it'd be offensive at all i mean if it was someone in a toyota camry and i just took my well see that, yeah that's yeah. i guess that's where you need to look at it is do you feel that's offensive if someone would do that to you but yeah. for them as long as you're not in their face and doing it broadly they don't okay really... i don't think i really got anyone's face it was more just the idea that i was stuck behind a you know a horse uh, carriage for however long it just right but going to that point as far as videos or photos um, they don't like their own photos taken. They take that, and now going right back to our point earlier about taking um, scripture out of context, they go, they, their reasoning for not having photos or their photos taken is they take it from not having any graven images. Hmm. And they, it's kind of a stretch, especially yeah. for what you is, and I to think about that. What is a graven, graven image? You know how the Bible talks about not bound down to any graven images. Or, oh, okay. You know, having graven images that's idols or something like that. Oh, okay, gotcha. So they take that whole concept and uh -huh. they put that in photos. So they say they don't want their own photos gotcha. taken. It's a stretch, but that's yeah. what their their reasoning is behind that. That's crazy. I did so, not know that. Yeah. So, yeah. So when it comes down to having their photos taken, or a lot of people are really good with asking them, say, hey, you mind if I take pictures? And then they'll usually request that their faces weren't in them. Okay. Or that directly of them. Yeah. Um, That's sort of a plot hole in the reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> because often these, uh, sometimes their faces will burn out, but some of the parents just will be interviewed and, and be on camera saying, I mean, maybe it's just their, their, you know, community doesn't think that same way or, or whatever. But True. Um, that's, that's, that's. Wow, that's actually really fascinating. I did not know that. I thought it was just, you know, you don't take pictures of Amish people no, no, <laughs> for whatever reason. because of that. And I remember as a kid in school that, you know, cars would drive past and they'll stop and take photos of those kids out there playing. Really? The um, I don't, we never really paid attention to them when they did it. We just yeah. mind their own business and let them do what they wanted to do. Okay. It didn't happen a lot, but it did happen. Yeah. Um, 
But some people take great offense to that. Mm-hmm. We, at that school, we didn't really care. Okay. So. Gotcha. Do you know, um, again, you were really young, but I've always been curious as to, like, what... Um, the go- how the government, I guess, um, perceives Amish people. Um, and, and I guess the question would be is what is like the Amish main source of income? Do they, you know, go buy a similar income? Do they just sort of live off the land? I think there's probably certain levels of extremism. But for instance, like one question I would ask is do Amish people pay taxes? I mean, is that something that's pretty normal? Well, yes. Um, that's a really, uh, actually I was telling my wife about that earlier. That's a really misconceived idea about taxes. Um, they pay all the same tax anybody else does. The only difference is, is they don't pay Social Security tax. Hmm. Now that came, that they fought for that. They worked really hard to get that exemption. Um, in fact, it was a panel of men that met with the Supreme Court to be able to get that exemption. Wow. So they, and their premise for that is because they don't believe in government help mm-hmm. so they're like why are we paying you this money because we're not going to take the money yeah so like in that, in that speak they don't want the government to help them or they don't want to they don't want help from the government they believe in mm-hmm. you know supporting their own so being forced to pay this tax mm-hmm. then refuse to accept it was just yeah bizarre to them so yeah I, I can see put that a panel together met with the supreme court and they finally got struck out a deal so interesting that's literally the only tax and that's where the misconception comes in people are like oh they don't pay taxes yes they do they pay their mm. prior taxes and school taxes they pay school taxes even though they don't send their kids to school yeah so yeah crazy but as far as income goes um the stereotype of amish would be a farming uh-huh. community and they're very very much a farming community for all of them um but nowadays in the modern times you have a lot of carpenters you have you have machine shops. You yeah. Got, um, especially in the more modern places like Lancaster and Holmes County, uh-huh. Ohio, you have very modern shops. Yeah. Um, like there's a shop in <clears throat> where I buy all my trailers down there, is owned by Amish, but huh. they got a lot of non-Amish working there now because they're so yeah. modern. But they have a big, you know, welding shops with CNC machines and they have computers and. Wow. You name it. You wouldn't even when you walk in there, you would not realize that this is owned by one Amish guy. Wow. So that's yeah. fascinating. But yeah, but as far as the core, I don't know what the majority now is, but I would say at least fifty to sixty percent are still farmers. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So you you mentioned uh, they don't want any any sort of government help. That leads me into one thing I was really curious about is that I was going to ask. You know, what would their preferred or what is the most common political party of choice? Sounds like it'd be very libertarian or independent. Be um, Yeah, probably libertarian more than anything. If mm. they would even um, associate them with a the party, a lot of them I don't really think yeah. really, how do you say, you know how some people will go very, if you've asked them like, well, how do you feel politically? They would just like, oh, I'm a Democrat or I'm a libertarian. It's just like cut and dry. Yeah. For them, it's not so much, but they'd be very conservative minded, yeah, um, sure. Republican minded, libertarian. So it probably varies a lot. Yeah. But if, if you were to guess, I mean, even based on what your family members know, what, what, would, what do they think of a guy like Donald Trump? <laughs> some kind of a character. <laughs> yeah, someone really liked him, but I don't know about his character-wise. Yeah. I haven't really been in, you know, 
I'm not a really political person myself. Sure. So asking those questions is not a big deal to me. They, as far as the, the conversation I had, they really liked him because of his idea of smaller government. Yeah. And less taxes, yeah. less regulations. That's right up their alley because they don't yeah. want the government encroaching into their lives. Yeah. And some of that is stemmed directly down from years and years ago because the reason they're even in America is because they were trying to find a place where they can have religious freedom. Yeah. So it kind of hits the core when you have government coming in encroaching on their rights, mm-hmm. not even their rights per se, but um, the possibility of losing what they want right. is very real to them. Yeah, to really a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, they're direct descendants of the Anabaptists who were, um, hmm. you know, imprisoned for their faith. Yeah, and they left Germany because right. they want to get away from. You know, yeah. state churches and be forced to do certain things. Yeah. And that spills right into, like, their schools now. Um, when public schools became mandatory, hmm. they had to fight to get their own schools. Yeah. And, in fact, I mean, there was fathers that ended up doing prison time. Really? Yeah, for refusing to send their kids to public school until they were able to wow. strike a deal with the government to have their own schools. Wow. That's... So, some of that, yeah. when it comes to government... It gets very sensitive for it because they're very sensitive to the fact that these things that we hold dear could be taken away from us. Depends who yeah. who is in power. So when it comes to Donald Trump, that that's one thing they liked about him because mm-hmm. he was not big in regulations and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was yeah. That's a that's interesting. Yeah, I always kind of wondered because you know they again they, to me they just seem like this sort of. I don't want to say mystical, you know, beings, but it, they seem like some of the kindest people, I've, the, the few that I've met are just mm-hmm. some incredibly kind of people. But it's just kind of cool even just to talk about it casually, you know, to almost just to humanize them to me a little bit for my own, oh, you know, I, I almost like, I, I think I'm a big fan in a way, because <laughs> again, huge into reality TV. And so it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, do do you think that most of them they do vote? Are they registered to vote? That probably varies a lot from community to community. Um, I think it would be frowned upon a little bit if you would actually talk to their church leaders. Hmm. But in on the individual level, a good bit of them, especially the younger generation, does. Hmm. Especially coming out of Lancaster County, they do a good bit. Now Holmes County, Ohio, I have really no idea how hmm. they stand there. Now when we come into the smaller more plainer groups that you see scattered out throughout New York State especially, a lot of those wouldn't. Yeah. And even if they pay attention, I don't know if they pay attention to politics much. I doubt it. Yeah. But I don't know what the percentage of, like, from where I come from, Lancaster County, I don't know how many are registered to vote, mm-hmm. but I would say there's a fair number. Yeah. How big was, like, the community you lived in? Several thousand, several hundred? Well, that depends how you break it up. Like in the church district that we lived in, I th- think that church had around 30 families, 32 okay. families, somewhere in there. And so that would, I don't know how many people that would come out to. but Yeah, do how much people have a lot of children? Yes. Yeah? How many, how many brothers and sisters do you have? <clears throat> so I have 11, there's 11 of us total. Okay. we got wow. two brothers and eight sisters. Very cool. Are you guys, so I know you have... 
Um, one son named Mason, which is a fantastic name. <laughs> yes, it um, is. And you have another one on the way. You said his name was Parker. Correct. Uh, very cool. How, how many you guys plan on having? Well, you gonna keep with the Amish tradition there? No, just... I don't. That's not really the plan. No. Yeah, it's <laughs> where your wife's have... call. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll probably have three or four. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. See what happens. See what God brings us. But very um, cool. But yeah, no, we're not really into. Yeah. Into the huge family like that. But I mean, yeah. I don't have any regrets in growing up with a big family. I think we had yeah. a lot of fun. But. Yeah. Is there any? Um, is there anyone in your family that since your parents? you know, broke Amish, I'll use that term because it's a, the common term, but is anyone that went back amongst your, your brothers and sisters? No. Okay. No. That, that is pretty uncommon for that to happen. Once yeah. uh, someone leaves, there's almost never them going back. Hmm. I don't know of any situation other than like the young people when they 16, 17, hmm. they leave for a short time, they might come back. But okay. other than that, Does, almost never. Does the Amish community, do they accept new people that have come from, like, for instance, if, if I, you know, decided that I wanted to become an Amish person with my wife and, and daughters, would they accept someone like me? I mean, I would, would, would is the tattoo be a problem? I'm very <laughs> that, curious. Probably, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Um, they do accept people, but that is very, very rare. Uh-huh. Um, there is one prominent Amishman that lives in Ontario, Canada, that, again, David Leedy, I think his name is. He grew up Catholic, went to Catholic college, maybe. Hmm. Did go to college, and sometime after that, he was studying the Amish, and he thought that was the right path, hmm. the right religion. But he's one of the very few that ever succeeded. Hmm. Learned the language and everything. Um, a language? Yeah, they had their own language. Really? I was going to have their own language? Yes. I, I How do I not know... <laughs> Well, what, what is it like a mixture in German and English, or what, what is it, it? It is a German dialect. Um, it's called Pennsylvania Deutsch. Really? Yeah. So that's where a lot of this you see Pennsylvania Dutch stuff. That's wow. where a lot of that comes from. So it's 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 a German dialect, and it is nowadays. It's very it's a little more a lot, a lot of English words in it. Hmm. But yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Because the only only time I ever heard the terms Pennsylvania Dutch would be in something that Dwight Schrute from The Office had said. I don't know if you have ever yeah. seen The Office, but he, he says something about like a Pennsylvania Dutch Christmas. Are you familiar with what that is? I don't. Okay. Uh, that was my next question because if you did Belschnickel as a kid, and, and you, maybe, you have to be a big Office fan to know what I'm referencing, but uh, that that's fascinating. I think that there's some references of, of Dwight Schrute's family. They're like a German family and they okay. have a farm. So that's probably what he's referencing. But that's crazy. I did not know they had their own language. I thought if anything, it would be just English or, or German, but... Right, they have their own language that they speak, but then in their church services are completely in German. Really? Do you still yeah. s- still speak German? I can still speak it, yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. The only mm-hmm. German I know is our co-workers when we were in New Guinea. They were from Germany, and the only German word I think I can say, besides the obvious, like, nine, would be the, the town I lived in, which was Gumushbach. Germany. That's the only thing only I could say <laughs> in German. But yeah. wow, that's 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 fascinating. I did not know they had their had their own language. So like obviously they it's very rare to accept someone. My next question was like you don't see really any African American Amish people. Um that's probably even a larger stretch to to uh someone to, you know for an African American to become an Amish person. Right. Um but uh so do you do you see then if you were to make a prediction over the next hundred years 
uh, if the Amish community is accepting it at a pretty low rate, if you say it's pretty rare for, for someone to become an Amish person and to at least go to the full extreme of learning the language and all of that, do you think that over a period of time that the the Amish community will slowly evaporate? No, they actually won't. It's their team, their own, just by their own. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the statistics, but... I think they were doubling their population like really? every 20 years or so. Wow. That's Something crazy. like that. But yeah, oh yeah, they've been growing. Now in the last 20 years, they probably lost more than they mm-hmm. have in the 100 years before that. Yeah. Because of the modern technology and people able to get, learn things, mm-hmm. realizing that, oh, okay, this is maybe, yeah, um, they've lost a lot more. But yeah, they'll be able to sustain their own no problem for a long, long, long time. That's wild. Yeah. That is Absolutely wild. So do you think that a lot of the people in, in the Amish communities that maybe are a little bit more, you know, you said Lancaster is pretty modern, maybe some ones that are not as modern, do you think they are aware of like modern technology, like the cell phones and, and computers and everything that we can do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're very, very well they're aware of what they can have and what they don't have. It's just, hmm. yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not blind to it at all. Um, there's a community up in central new york that i deal with a lot through through work i haul a lot of their sheds hmm. um they're very plain and like all their tools mm-hmm. any modern or any power tool they have is run by gasoline motor really so you can't name a any you can't name anything that they use that's not run by power by gasoline motor if it's not run by gasoline motor or they do it by hand they don't have it wow so that's crazy yeah yeah i it, it's again it's just unbelievable to me <laughs> there's there's people there's just such different cultures i mean it's, it's fascinating it really right. is you know i think uh um you know i i, I again I've, I've been exposed so limitedly um to the amish community and and so what um i, I mentioned this briefly this is a question i wanted to ask what what do they think of tattoos i got a handful of them is it something that are i mean are you personally offended by tattoos it's something that they are pretty again i would imagine they're they're pretty against tattoos they're very against them and i have really no idea i don't really know where they would stand on it and as far as saying it's wrong or right i don't they don't bother me at all it doesn't i don't i could care less about them the only thing i only scripture or whatever you could say coming from the bible that they might say like it's wrong is you're marring up the body that God sure. gave you or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, I've heard that before. It. You're not hurting my feelings in any way, by the way. <laughs> I've, I've heard it. Um, and, and yeah, there are there's a Bible verse and people interpret it in different ways. Um, but yeah, not, you know, your body's a temple. Don't mark up your body. A lot of people, I know traditionally, I'd be very curious to know um, if Amish people would think of it this way, but a lot of people for a long time thought that tattoos were like the mark of the beast. And, and It could be well. Times, it could yeah, be well. I, could, I, could I don't know. That. Yeah. Interesting. I know. I, I remember because I had, it was a summer day when I went to go pick up my ducks and I had um, a sleeveless shirt on and I have pretty much a full sleeve all the way up to my shoulder and I could tell they were like a little, <laughs> it's always funny because when you have a bunch of tattoos, it has certain connotations that you're this, right. you know, um, sort of this bad, dark dude. And That's I couldn't be right any, the stereotype. yeah, I couldn't be any more opposite of that. Right. <laughs> um, is there anything that you... Uh, do you still do or your family still does keeping up with like Amish tradition? Like is, 
Anything that you guys, I mean, is there like, uh, is there like Amish holidays, for instance? Oh, as or? far as when it comes to Amish holidays, yes, they have their own holidays. Really? Absolutely. Um, as far as my family, I can't really say that we um, stick to any necessary traditions. I mean, there's obviously the traits that carried through. I mean, a lot of their, some values that they would hold dearly to. Mm. I mean, yeah, those, I still highly respect those values and would, especially like taking care of their own. They're really big on taking care of their own. I support that wholeheartedly, and I prefer yeah. that myself. Things like taking care of their elderly. Mm-hmm. You don't see Amish people going to the nursing homes. Yeah. So things like that. Um, but as far as, you know, specifics, I can't really name, you know, mm-hmm. like this is something that we're going to carry on because that's what the Amish yeah. did. But when it comes to their own holidays, yeah, they um, can't even think. They're usually around... The springtime is the big ones. Hmm. I think Ascension Day they take off. Ascension Day is a big one for them. They celebrate Christmas? Absolutely. Christmas. Okay. So they would have Christmas. Thanksgiving is, I'm not sure how they all, certain areas celebrate Thanksgiving. Like in Lancaster County, um, in November and December, Thursday, Tuesday and Thursdays are wedding days. Hmm. And so Thanksgiving lands on a Thursday every year, so that's usually a wedding day. So yeah. that's really so Thanksgiving is not necessarily a big thing down there because mm-hmm. it's usually a wedding day and people are off to weddings or whatever. Um that's technically a holiday. But like so Ascension Day, I think um Good Friday probably. Hmm. Uh Easter Monday, I think those three. Yeah. So the common religious holidays. Yeah. Then they um December 26th, they celebrate a second Christmas. It's not a big holiday, but you should yeah. off work and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, some of the certain areas of the Amish, they all celebrate Old Christmas, hmm. which is November, uh, January 6th. Okay. Well, that's, we never did growing up in Pennsylvania, but that's, hmm. I think that's an Ohio thing. If okay. I remember right. Very interesting. So when was last time... You've you've made contact with you know some of your Amish family. Are are they aware of the global pandemic right oh, now? Abs- absolutely, yeah, they're very well aware of that. Um, but as far as last contact, I my grandmother, my dad's mother, passed away in oh, December. So we were down for the funeral for that one. Okay. Um, and then we also went to see her when she was sick, uh, beginning of November. Okay. Gotcha. So we've been around them a yeah. little bit in November, December. Okay, gotcha. Um, then my parents, they had, they probably had, I know they were invited to at least six weddings this fall, mm. and they made, I think, three of them. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we get to see them quite yeah. frequently. It all depends how much we want to get down there and right. stuff like that and see what's going on. But Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Danny, I know you got, you got married probably, what, two years ago? You and Amanda uh, got married? Yes, be two years coming up in June. Very cool. Did um, did any of your Amish family attend the wedding? Oh, a good bit of actually. Really? I think um, majority of my, all my aunts and uncles showed up. I believe, I know my one uncle didn't, and his wife didn't come, hmm. that I can think of. Other than that, I think majority of them were there. My dad's parents didn't show up because my grandmother wasn't feeling so great over that time. Hmm. But then my uh, mom's dad, she came. Or he came. Okay. So, yeah. Very cool. They'll, they'll come to stuff like that. They'll have no issues attending okay. events like that. Awesome. 
Very cool. So uh, at the beginning of this podcast, and you mentioned uh, your your parents um, were converted, and then a few years later, uh, you guys you know uh, left the Amish community. Right. Um, how uh, I guess so. Knowing that it's more of a legalistic look at, at Christianity, a little bit more on the Catholicism. How actively are you aware, anyway, that you know the Christian Church, the ones that you know that you and I attend, like uh, like Bridgewater, and for instance, how um, is evangelical Christianity um, in in a more of a modern sense? Is that is there, are they pursuing the Amish community that you're aware of? How how hard is it to reach um, Amish Amish people to sort of convert them to a more uh, modern and more you know uh, grace centered version of Christianity? That I'm not sure how much that's happening as far as outside churches trying to reach the Amish community. I know there are certain individuals throughout the last 20 years that I personally know that tried, mm-hmm. you know, been had to take a serious interest in reaching them. Um, as far as churches, I don't know if much has done. Yeah. I don't live right in the midst of the community anymore, so I don't know yeah. how much that's going on. But in Lancaster County, the at one point in time, you could have pretty much said that ninety percent of the Amish people were non Christian. Hmm. I mean, yeah, they had their religious beliefs, but they thought the church was gonna save them versus Jesus Christ was gonna save them. Oh interesting. Okay. <clears throat> but that has really changed in the last twenty years. I don't know if it was probably the modern technology and them having access to hmm. information is probably what helped more than anything. But now okay. I can I mean I have cousins that I have spiritual conversation with them I know mm. without a shadow of doubt they're Christians and love the Lord and That's they'll great. tell you right up front and that they and they still stay there and one of the mm-hmm. reasons for staying there is they feel that they can have an influence yeah on the younger generation coming up that's great and so that's one reason they stay there yeah I don't sometimes that is misled other times it's great yeah um, one of my cousins that I love to pieces he's loves the Lord I mean he's passionate and he's just on fire for God and that's his goal. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm here. And he'll tell you he would love to actually go to a different church that preached the gospel clearly. But he feels that God wants him there at this point in time because yeah. he can be an influence on the other people. And it, there's definitely way more of that happening now than it has ever been. Mm-hmm. But then you go to some of these more conservative areas. There's very little. Yeah. Very, very little. And I don't know how much outside people are reaching in. But if you want to, if anybody ever has a desire to reach the Amish community, the best way you can do it is just be be a friend to them. Mm-hmm. And becoming friends, earn their trust, and then, you know, show them what the gospel is all about. Yeah. And they may accept it, or may not, or they might stay, mm-hmm. just like any other people. But, yeah, I think most importantly is you got to, Learn their earn their trust and respect first. Yeah. Before you can really make sure. the inroad there. That's fascinating. Awesome. Well, you know, I think that's a really great, really great spot to to you know end this conversation. This has been really, really fascinating for me. Um, again, I'm just enamored by all of that. Um, you know, coming from the West Coast, where it's pretty much unheard of out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I really appreciate you you coming by. You sharing your story a little bit. Um, I feel like the whole premise of this podcast um, is for me to sort of develop friendships with people Absolutely. that I know that are fascinating. Um, you know, since moving out here, I've met some incredible people, including yourself. And uh, anyways, really appreciate you coming on. 
and to telling me again all of your stories and answering my, you know, sometimes uh, maybe obvious or goofy questions. But uh, yeah, again, this has been really awesome. Thanks for coming Well, thanks by. for having me on. I really appreciate it. I mean, yeah. It's not often I get to share what goes on in certain other areas, and I... It's great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good, a good thing you remember that you still, these people are still out there and that, you know, again, you mentioned uh, that you just respect them and love them. And I think that's, you know, so much of what our entire culture needs is just Absolutely. more just loving one another and, and, uh, you know, building up good neighborly conversations with one another. So it's a good thing. But anyways, thank you so much, Mervin. I really appreciate it. And uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. All right. Awesome. Awesome.